This is gonna be fucking fun. I'm Ryan. You are in the hole with Major League A-Holes at MajorLeagueAholes.com. We have a packed show today. The White Sox have clinched the AL Central Division title. The Tigers just swept your White Sox. (laughs) Kind of. Maybe. maybe. The Giants. find out Monday. Yeah. (laughs) The Giants (laughs) clinched the Major League A-Holes 2021 championship this week. Uh, with like a 12 game lead over the yeah, White Sox, kind of easily. Yeah, uh, the Cubs. Cubs are doing some Cubs things, <laughs> typical Cubs things that I'm going to talk about. Uh, the A's had a triumphant return of their downfallen leader pitcher that we'll talk about. Tons and tons of shit we couldn't make up, and of course, asshole of the week. So, let's go ahead and jump into the news. Now here's the news. The big news. Oh, fuck, Scotty, that is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents This Week in Baseball. Well, in an unceremonious fashion, uh, the White Sox finally have officially clinched the AL Central. Unceremonious, that's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was kind of like, I think they all kind of felt like, finally, fuck. I I think everyone did. Like... Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was uh, you know, just a mathematical problem that had to get out of the way. But um, I but, love that, it yeah, keeps, I mean, that they did it in Cleveland. Like Cleveland yes. has to be sick of Chicago teams celebrating on their field after 2016, of course. And yes, your uh, White Sox. Yeah. Were there, was there anyone even in the crowd in that doubleheader? The, first game of the doubleheader were, yesterday? Oddly enough, there were people in the crowd. I know I know the Sox fans have been traveling a lot. In mm. fact, I know some people who are doubling down this weekend. They're going to the Sox game on Saturday and the Bears uh Browns game on Sunday. So they're, you know, so they're gonna they'll be the saddest uh, sports road weekend. Trip of, the yeah. saddest road trip of all time. <laughs> I mean, Cleveland, uh Jacobs Field's pretty nice. So uh, or whatever yeah, I've it's heard called. That. called progressive field now. Not the thing. The sham, the sham about Jacobs Field is it's the same guys who built uh, the White Sox. Stadium. Yeah, HOK. That's not uh, populist. And, yeah, and they immediately had like, um, I think they did have like a, a they have a roof over the top uh, upper deck. Mm-hmm. But when you go up there, because I've sat in the upper deck uh, there, it is literally just as steep as the White Sox upper deck, but you never heard anyone bitch about it there because it didn't have that weird, like open air feeling that the White Sox originally had when they built it, where you felt like if you fell, you were going to die. I saw the stones there in like 2002 or whatever. No, nine. Yeah. Whatever. Just a couple years before they put the roof on, it was terrifying being up in the the upper deck. I'm sure I went to games there too, but I definitely remember being in the upper deck for a stone show. It's like, yeah, it reminded me of uh, the silver dome, almost the, the steep, the feeling of steepness. When I was a kid, I was terrified to climb up and down the stairs and that, but that had a roof. So that was, that's how steep that was. But yeah, 
Yeah, they fucked up. They fucked up Sox Park for a long time, but they figured it out now. It's not bad. Yeah, thankfully, yeah. So uh, that was, I thought that was funny the first time I went there. I'm like, this is just as steep as the White Sox and no one fucking bitches about it. It's so all about weird. presentation. It is all about presentation. It's all about the facade. So Sox finally clinch. Uh, finally get your first division championship in 13 years. 13 fucking years. In a while. Means we, we get... One, you know, one, uh, I think we get one home playoff series because of that. So, mm. um, or some home playoff games, not, 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 uh, not a home, uh, series because they could only complete the, when they played all the starters, they, they won easily seven to two, four home runs, three home runs in the second inning. Um, Timmy had two in that game, which is a good sign. It seems, uh, I, to me, that means his legs are feeling back to normal. He's also played like three straight days or something like that. So, okay, so that's different than what they said last week. Yeah, so, so he that, must, that's good he must news. be feeling pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good news. And it's even better news for the White Sox when you drill down to the – we've talked about it. Uh, you've mentioned it before how Tim Anderson is, you know, just like the spark plug – a lot of people talk about he's the pulse of the team, but it's scarier uh, when you look at the facts. The White Sox are 68 and 47 when Tim Anderson plays. The Sox are 18 and 20 when Tim Anderson is not in the lineup. They are two games under 500 when Tim Anderson mm. is not playing. He has missed 38 games this year. In those 38 games, they have a losing record. So it is I, – I understand. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize that at the time when, when he had his uh, two-week hiatus and we were all wondering what was really going on with him. Uh, when you look at it that way and knowing the lead they had on the AL Central, would, would I prefer to have the number two slot and have home games against Houston after how Houston went when more we went there. Games. Yes. Yeah. More home games against Houston have, have the, have, have the, the series uh, home field advantage. Have, yes. Home field advantage. Thank you, Smitty. Thank you for helping me out this morning. Um, did you have your coffee today? I did. I did. But you nice. know, these, all these concerts lately, they're just taking their wear and tear on my body. I'm old, but uh, so but a healthy, I think, I think, I think having the team hundred percent healthy is just as good, if not better chance of winning than, than having home field advantage. That, so. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Cause I mean, of all those things, I think health is paramount home field advantage would be great. And certainly you're going to keep fighting for that. I don't know if that's still a possibility, but you're right. I, I think if you get healthy, that that's far more important than anything else. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I mean, it was, you know, when, when they, when they blew them out and they won in Cleveland, I even at text you, I was kind of glad the the Tigers game did get canceled, although it didn't look like we were going to be able to beat the Tigers, which we'll get to shortly, but um, no chance hottest team in the AL in the second half, we'll, but, get, uh, we'll get there. In the AL central, but uh, the, uh, it was nice to just like pound Cleveland to clinch the division <laughs> since they were the, they were the arch nemesis. And then, yeah, the only the only the only actual like everyday starters in the second lineup <laughs> doubleheader were yeah. were Hernandez and, and Grandel. And 
he still went two for three in that game. I thought I saw Vaughn in that lineup too. Well, he that was his first game back. I was, so was, was going to say that's a good lot. that's a good sign yeah. too. Yeah, seeing him back from a back issue. But yeah, so anyway, so yeah, it's it's great. We won. I hope we, uh, you know, continue on the winning ways and and end the season strong and use some of these games. Uh, Hold on. Continue on the winning ways. Uh, you've got one win this week, basically. So, or no, since, since no, you're can, in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, continue on the winning ways against Cleveland as we have all season. Uh, um, okay, okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Calm down over there. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and, and, and hopefully propel that into a uh, end of the season sweep over the Tigers uh, back at home, which we will be at game one of that series so oh that's right yeah one week so, from today uh, yeah um before i think before we get into the uh socks uh tigers series or yeah i should put the tiger socks series gonna do a quick little recap of the amazing experience of uh the revolution uh brewing uh uh, slam grand slam can winner i was uh you may Robin you guys may have seen the pictures that pete sent to me and i reposted as he was at the event uh the stunning footage of you in the batting cage that oh, i ma- matched up yes. with a, a hawk rant i don't know if you saw that <laughs> i did that was good uh, stuff. <laughs> uh you met roger bossard yeah, the the guy, the sod father was walking on the field because it was a little drizzly, so he was checking on the conditions, and I just happened to be grabbing a beer, and where the beer on the field was stationed was right coming out from behind home plate, and nice. I said, Roger Bossard. He said, hello, and I said, do you mind if I get a picture with you? You're you're like a legend, and he's get like, get away from me, freak. Sure, but. You know, he said, "Yeah, sure, but you'll probably want to destroy it, or so you probably want to delete it after after you after you take it." Um, something <laughs> he didn't funny look, like that. He didn't look too terrified. So was, no, no, get, I didn't. Made a good impression. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he was just checking, making sure everything was uh, making a, sure you're not fucking up shape. his grass. Probably stay on the tarp. Well, yeah. Look, there's a lot going on there because of the playoffs. They're putting in commissioner boxes, so there was construction on the field too. Oh, um, yeah. So they're adding like two rows of seats down uh, the third baseline. I think it was. Holy shit. That's ambitious. Yeah. So um, we'll probably see the finishing touches of that. I would think when we go. Yeah. Uh, Got to be wrapping that up next week. Yeah. So, so you had the, a good time at the Grand Slam I, can I, event. I, 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 yeah, I have to tell you, like. I haven't heard any of the that, stories yet. I've seen the footage, it, but it's like a it was like a, a once in the a lifetime experience that I will never forget. Oh, that's I mean, awesome. Just like at one point I just like looked at Robin. I'm like, just being able to just stand on the field and just completely walk around it kind of at free will. Yeah. Like alone was was just amazing. Checking um, flies in the outfield, uh, I saw. Yeah, I ch- yeah, I ch- I I, uh, I cut that ball off, saved it from extra bases on my <laughs> nice. on my live cam footage. Uh, there are some boppers, man. Some of these guys, uh, and a lot of them worked for Revolution. They play on a softball team, and mm. the the batting practice pitches. You know, they were coming at like 20, 25 miles an hour. One guy did a did a hit a ground rule double. The ball hit the warning track Holy and bounced shit. over the wall. Yeah, there were a few dudes who came warning. They hit the ball to the warning track consistently and just kept missing. Like, 
hitting one out. It was kind of crazy velo, to watch. Maybe if they had more velo on the pitch, they might be able to yeah. return that energy. Yep. Or maybe they just would miss it. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> either, that's true. <laughs> either, either way, yeah. The double-edged yeah, sword. I, I definitely look like I hadn't uh, swung a bat in a cage for uh, quite some time, but uh, there was a one of the hitting instructors, uh, part of the White Sox Academy was there, kind of giving you pointers, and my – my, the thing I was most excited about out of, I got, I did it two, I got to do it twice, but the, well, the second time I was on time cause I was driving every, I was hitting balls to the, to the left side and back through the middle. But the last pitch on the first time, which not, not the easiest to see in the view we had, but no. Pasqua threw them. Pasqua was pitching to me, which is kind of funny to begin <laughs> with, awesome. but he, he threw like he he lobbed it in, but it kind of like got away from him. So it was sinking like low and outside. And I did like like it was like my Jose Abreu just taking what they'll give you moment to drive the run in. <laughs> I just yeah. I just I just got the bat out there and just got the bat to it. And it drove like right over the infield into right field. So that was that was my that was one of my favorite parts of, of the day. <laughs> just like Jose uh, taught you. Yeah, just like Jose taught me. All those games I watched, it paid off. Nice. I can I can hit a 20-mile-an-hour pitch as good as a pro. <laughs> so they treated it a plenty of revolutionary yeah. brewing company ales. Yeah, yeah revolution. Uh, I, I, I stuck with the um, Hazy hazy Hero mm-hmm. was was my choice. I love that one. summertime it's drink. Not, it's a juicy, it's a juicy one. Um, I heard you, you, you kind of intimated you're working on some business deals. Maybe we, we need, maybe we shouldn't talk well, about that yeah. on air, but do we have anything I to don't announce? Think we should talk about yet. I, uh, I, I reached out. I have not heard back yet. So no, let's keep, we'll let's see. keep that under our hats, but yeah, hopefully we'll we have some, some more information about I, I mean, some business I just, dealings. Uh, all I'll say is I threw out that a podcast existed and an offer was made. So we'll, an offer we'll was made I, by a, an anonymous brewing company. That yes. May or may not have just mentioned a member, a member of an anonymous brewing company. Um, all right. The other thing that was kind of cool is just real quick. And this will only be for those who viewed, you got a goodie bag when you left. So nice. got this like cool hoodie with the oh, that's awesome. hero. That's awesome. On it. Yeah. And turn that uh, around. But there's this too, like uh white oh, sock cool. social tap room. Like that's bad. It's on the on the back. Sorry for the those game. listening on the podcast. You yeah, can check so, out our YouTube channel or yeah, Facebook. Field or of our Dreams Field of Dreams esque hat. Uh, nice with with sock social tap room. Change the game flag. People are probably seeing those. Little commemorative baseball. That's a lot of swag, dude. Yeah. And you up uh, on loot. And uh of course a uh selfie uh holder for the back of your phone. So <laughs> critical. I don't think I'll be using that one, but anyhow, yeah, it was it was great. Then they uh six to eight, uh so four to six was on the field, and then uh six to eight was food and uh more drink in the back up in the social tap room which is open which open on uh all all game days so people should go visit it um (laughs) you're already doing commercials for these i'm already doing commercials i know easy easy hold up hold on (laughs) uh but yeah it was no really like it was it was 
truly, just truly an uh, amazing experience. And you've I never really... been on the field for anything, like even like not not where. Or... Uh, well, I don't get to go on the field for that. Just I don't know how that do. worked with parents. I was there for White Sox batting practice once. Okay, I won that through the White Sox. That's the day I, Edwin Jackson apologized to me for his fantasy baseball performance and said he owed me one. <laughs> he does. Is, he owes a lot is, of people. Which was, which was, I thought, truly fantastic. He's an awesome dude. Actually, Everyone loves him. Yeah, he, he's a great dude. So that, 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 made, my, that made my day. I think uh, Canerco signed my jersey that day. So I got to meet a lot of cool guys that. But being able to just get – by home plate and swing a bat and just run around the outfield without like normally when they do these like uh, things when there's larger groups or whatever there's like all these restrictions when I, mean, I was just hanging out in the dugout at one point nice it's like sitting in the dugout hanging out so that's cool like you know i i think i sent that pick pointing to the replay phone or whatever like uh oh the, yeah in the dugout yeah so they just like let you go sit in the dugout um the only thing they did the one the one thing that i was a little disappointed in they did say something about like we would get to pitch in the bullpens but we did not get to do that and mm. that may have had to do with the weather or something so whatever yeah. I, I i really don't have any complaints it was Wah. it was it was a great great freaking time and i will uh I will. Yeah. I will never forget it. So I've been on one major league field in my life. And that was when we did a tour of, uh, Colorado Rockies stadium, Coors field, uh, about mm. 10 years ago when, uh, just on a, on a trip out there. But so we got, we like got on the, in the dugouts and kind of walked on the dirt and stuff, but never got onto the, the playing surface necessarily, but that was the closest I came, but you know, I don't give a fuck about the Rockies. So that's cool. You get to do that for your team. You grew up loving and still love to death to the point where you're making a goddamn nerdy podcast like this. So that's yes. awesome. Happy for you. You got to drink some good beer. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine a better, a better time. I'm jealous. Well, if if we can move on as we've been trying to jump to the Tigers as fast as possible, because there's so much glee in the Motor City right now and with the potential of of these young Tigers, uh, we saw we've seen that come to fruition over this month and a specific, excuse me, specifically the last 11 games. The Tigers are now eight and three in their last 11, which is pretty good. It's it's really good for any any club in September as the wheels are kind of coming off some clubs and, and gaining steam for playoff contenders. Tigers have gone on this eight and three run against all first place teams. They've done this against the White Sox. They've done this against the Tampa Bay Rays and the Milwaukee Brewers. So what, what, you know, the six eleven winning percentage they have in September is remarkable in a lot of ways, but for a young, a young club to be doing this against the elite competition, they're doing it against, Lots of reasons for optimism going into this offseason and closing out this season on on a, on a extremely positive note. Uh, Tigers ended up splitting two of those losses, uh, but also two of those wins ended up being last weekend in Tampa Bay in that fucking concrete blister of a stadium they have. Um, just awful, truly just depressing. Awful. I was not looking forward to that series because of the environment, and I feared for the Tigers uh prospects in that in that environment but they they held their own they actually should have won three out of four there but 
uh, Gregory Soto is closing out game two and got hit in the hand with a comebacker and he's now on the IL. He actually closed out the inning, but he walked, walked the bases loaded and that's how they Fulmer came in and blew it from there. But, but they uh, held their own, the depleted bullpen held their own in games three and four of that series. And they ended up winning four, three and then two to nothing on Sunday. So, and you could argue the, the, the Rays are the American league favorite right now and the, the tigers handed yep. it to them they, they played them basically in a week's time they played seven games uh because they played them in tiger stadium or in uh, comerica park the weekend before so you could argue they had a seven game series in a week which looks like a playoff series a lot and they beat them four games to three so they also threw in of course i mentioned last week they just to make things more interesting I mean, they threw in a two-game sweep of the milwaukee brewers in the middle of that too so the the what the tigers are doing is is impressive and they've continued that against your Chicago White Sox this week. And I'm sure you have lots of comments to make about that, that those two games, uh, third game yesterday was rained out, um, unfortunately, but, or maybe that was Wednesday. Um, uh, Tigers just do what they do. I, I'm, I'm assuming you noticed some of the things I was talking about last week, how they're, they look, they take professional at bats. They grind out at bats. They're just kind of they're. I almost think it'd be a compliment to to say they're kind of annoying to play against. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you felt that. Um, yeah, it reminded me of playing the Minnesota Twins in their you, heyday. And you mentioned that yeah. a couple episodes ago. Um, like that, like it's late in the game. They're not hitting the ball out of the park. Nope. They're getting a bunch of fucking singles and the inning takes forever. And then you just, it's like a slow fucking death. It's they, awful. They do the little things. And, uh, and you know, one, one example is that is Robbie Grossman, who I had never even heard of before this season. But if you look at, you know, getting to know him now and he's having a career year too, but he does all the little things. He just, he gets on base, how, whatever it takes, he'll steal a base when he needs to. The Tigers always take, the extra base, uh, if they can get first to third, they do it. They, you know, they, they take a lot of chances on the base and they get thrown out and they've got thrown out several times on, uh, specifically Wednesday. I think it was, you guys kept throwing, I think you threw two of our runners out at, at home plate, but, um, I think that's AJ Hinch. I think it looks, this team looks so different than when they were under uh, garden hire last year. They're, they're just so much more aggressive and confident is what I, is what I see. And yeah, so they, they pulled out two victories against your White Sox. Um, I was kind of thinking you, you might be rather disappointed in the performance of your White Sox, considering the, the base running errors and the, the defensive errors, um, lack of timely hitting. You left a lot of guys on base. Um, I don't know. What'd you think about, I'm sure you don't have a whole lot positive to say, and I'm kind of gloating here, but what'd you uh, think of the series? I mean, it- I mean, the, the, everything you just said is, is extremely annoying. Uh, the first game textbook White Sox Kimbrel, uh, lets a guy on wild pitch on a steal runner gets to third and there's that no was Robbie Grossman actually. I, yeah. Right. And it, you're just like, what the hell just happened? And, and it's, it's, you know, uh, Benetti happened to be on WGN this morning and I saw it and, you know, he, he definitely towed the, uh, the company, the company mantra that, you know, 
you know, he's not that worried about the playoffs and Craig mm-hmm. Kimbrell because he has, you know, his stuff's there, but he's like, he's like Steve Stone's right. And I agree with Steve Stone for Craig Kimbrell when he was with the Cubs, what he was doing, he was just throwing a first pitch strike. Cause once you get that first strike over, he good luck to you. Like, like it's already in your head. Like yep. you, you, you don't, but you have to throw, he has had an inability to throw that knuckle curve for a strike consistently. And that's what happened to him two previous years to this. And, that, and right. we talked about this at the beginning of this season, why he was so much more effective is because he was getting that curve over for a strike. So you had, you could not sit on his fastball. And I don't right. think it's, it's quite as bad as it was in the previous two years. No, he gets no, it over no. enough, not quite enough, but it's not ridiculous where you can just lay off and only focus on his fastball, but it, it's a disturbing trend. And I think he knows what he needs to do. Obviously. Oh yeah. Everyone He's, does. So I, the look on his face, do you see he was biting his jersey yeah. when he walked off the field in Detroit? He oh, I, I've, so I've posted a photo pissed. of it already. Oh, did you? I didn't yeah. realize that. You I called him not. the mole yesterday. Yeah. You're, good. You're, you're still on that? Jeez. Don't <laughs> stop taking my own I'm, Hey, I'm reposting shit from last show. So I'm <laughs> yeah. repurposing our content. So it takes a while. I can't do it all <laughs> in one my, day. Taking my my material from the Quintana trade. Jesus, dude. Come up with your own shit. Um, but anyway... <laughs> Anyway, like that, that, you know, there, there, there are disturbing trends for the White Sox. Like, and I know they didn't really play anyone in game two, but they have this thing in these series. Yesterday. Where like, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yesterday. So like they win seven, two, and then the next, the next game, they can only come up with like a few key hits, score two or three runs and leave like 12 guys on base. And like, it, it's like what we were talking about two episodes ago, like, I get concerned because the one thing, the only thing you can do in the playoffs is get on a run. And that's the mm-hmm. only way you win it really. Yeah. So you, you have to, they haven't shown any good runs and since the, since the first half of the season. So um, it's a, it's a very disturbing trend. There were, there were other like just um, there, there were funny quirky things in the series like this one's almost a shit you couldn't make up did did your uh uh did your broadcast team point out that it was bark in the park at comerica on monday night oh yeah and and then the home plate umpire was lance barksdale <laughs> i missed that <laughs> Hilarious. stone and, stone and benetti <laughs> pointed that out that's great that's definitely uh, a benetti thing that i love it <laughs> i didn't even think about that but i think i th- I think one thing we can agree on still to this day that we've talked about, uh, I think it was on a shit we couldn't make up or we made a mass all the week, but Angel Hernandez needs to be, something needs to be done about Angel Hernandez. Cause he's, he's he, been asshole of the week. We're, we're trying our yeah. best here to, to call, bring light onto his egregious incompetence, but he hit a new all time low for our teams. <laughs> he is now on record. He had performed. He had a, 87% accuracy rate, the lower in umpire, lowest rate in umpire history behind the plate in that game. Oh, wow. It was historic. It's it funny because historic. a part of that game I was listening to while I was out for a walk. So I was listening to the radio and the and the radio broadcast was commenting on how ridiculous is and inconsistent his strike zone was. Then I got back halfway through the game and turned on the TV broadcast and the TV broadcasters were making the same comments. Then we were talking this morning, and apparently your broadcast crew noticed the same thing, and now the stats bear it out. So 
Yeah. So here's here's what's amazing. He was only in the in pitches in the zone. He was ninety percent accurate. So even when it was a strike, he didn't call it a strike. Jesus. What's what makes it even worse? Which I was saying how. Uh, bef- well, I think we we're already live, but before we officially got on the air, uh, how like Keuchel had gotten like clearly a pitch that was about two inches off the plate mm-hmm. as a strike. He was 80% in, no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I said that wrong. He was 80% inside the zone, which meant balls that should have been strikes were called, were only 80, were called balls. And he was 90% outside of the zone with netted out to 87% accuracy. Now the tigers overcame because the socks got a 0.93% plus rating. So he <laughs> called the it. Sox 0.93% better than the Tigers, and the Tigers overcame the Angel Hernandez so for the victory. The umps aren't out to get you, as you assume. Oh, they are in some games where that number is <laughs> much, much higher. All right. All but, right. but no, well, yeah. no, no, no. But the, yeah, this, I mean, literally, this just goes back to, this almost goes back to our, fra- our framing conversation last yeah. week, how – this is this just needs to change well i mean if everyone in the ballpark on both sides of the plate can see what's happening but the umpire cannot there's there has to be accountability and we yeah we got into this last week but there needs to be you know punishments or you know some kind of performance reviews where you can't be allowed to be a major league manager or major league umpire if you're this bad and well if he's that bad consistently don't let him it's be behind the plate. Yeah, I mean, in a three in a three game series, you don't get to go behind the plate. Yeah, yeah. That, right? think... Or in a four game series, you don't get to buy, go behind the plate either. The other guy, the, whoever did the first game, goes twice. I mean, a lack it's... of transparency and accountability is unconscionable. I, I'll I'll never understand it, and that that needs to change. And 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 why replay can't get cleaned up? I don't know if you saw the play at the plate yesterday in the second game. I mean, I I no, I definitely took the not. free. I took the well, yeah, I didn't think you did. <laughs> I took the I took a freeze frame and posted it on Twitter. You can see in the frozen frame that that the the Indians player is out. The game is tied two two at that point. Cleveland baseball club. Outcome. Cleveland baseball club. Well, they're still the Indians right now. Guardians. They, they don't switch. They're not the Guardians for another uh, another few weeks. I don't acknowledge any of weeks. these any of these names for these, but, uh, this team you speak of. Zach Collins clearly, you see the tag on him. His hand is not on the plate. The Sox ask for ask for a review, and they still called him safe. Mm, like uh, yeah. I just, I it's getting I worse. It is getting worse, and like like it just drives me nuts. So. Well, I'm going to steer us back to the Tigers for a moment because this is supposed to be oh, a, good. Tiger, I have a Tigers I have segment. A tigers, yeah, I have a Tigers ask home question for you, too. Oh, nice. Well, I do want to mention a couple milestones that the Tigers were able to get to this week against your White Sox, actually. Miguel Cabrera, who seems to have a milestone every week now, uh, he reached well, 1,800 RBI for his career. Nice. Congratulations. Nice he has not reached 600 doubles yet, which I talked about last week. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to get to that this year, but we'll see. Uh, the other milestone, and not really a milestone, but uh, Alex Lang got his first save uh, uh, yes. against, of his career against your White Sox. Um, he got his first save because the bullpen has been so depleted. Uh, I, last week we talked about uh, Jose Cisnero went on the IL with a mysterious elbow cut from falling, allegedly falling on his stairs. Um, 
I mentioned Gregory Soto, the the basic closer we've had all year, um, tried to protect himself from a line drive and broke his finger, I think, and is out for the rest of the season. So the, and the bullpen was very taxed um, at the end of the the Rays series. But so we've got no names like Alex Lang closing out games against you guys and getting it done. But uh, Cubs fans actually might remember the name Alex Lang as he was part of the trade uh, uh, for Nick Castellanos two years ago. Um, he was he and one other player is un, unmentioned. I don't remember who it was. Um, came back to the Tigers from the Cubs in that deal. So I think I need to start to give uh, Alavila a little more credit for his his trade acumen. As I've not as to yet not seen much fruit from his his trades of huge names like JD Martinez. Uh, a little bit from the the. Um, Justin Verlander trade as Jake Rogers has, has shown some, some promise, although he just had Tommy John surgery last week. So, but you know, getting some names like Alex Lang that you forget about in these deals that, that are actually producing now on the, on the major stage. So got to give Al a little bit of credit there, but that's all I've got for the Tigers. It sounds like you have a question for me though. I do. I do. Um, are you familiar with Jonathan Scope's second half stats? Yes, they are not stellar. In fact, that I did have to drop him from my fantasy team in the second half as he's kind of yes. tailed off. Do you know how many homers he's hit since July 18th? I would say zero. Three. Three. Really? So it's better, wow. better than you thought. Three. Okay. He's awesome. Uh, then what's the problem? Yeah. Well, so <laughs> knowing knowing all this, are you uh, are you still happy with the Jonathan Scope uh, extension? Because this is this is this is your asshole you... question. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Clown question, bro. That ain't no kind of answer. I'll answer the question. You're goddamn right. You may fold under questioning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because this has kind of been his career because I've had him on a few fantasy teams along the way and he can't consistently put together offensively. I mean, he plays a, a very, very good, uh, very good in the field, but he can't ever consistently put two halves together. Yeah. And I mean, are you are you pleased? Was Are you still pleased with it? Like that this is the continued trend or... I, th- I I see what you're saying, and I, and I definitely saw what you're asking before you asked it. Um, and yeah, I'm not thrilled, of course, but I also think we could say that's, you know, we're talking about a two month span versus the, you know, the three, four months before that where he was stellar. I think that I think the the beginning of the season was a bit of an outlier. I mean, he was one of the best. He, he was the best hitter in the major leagues for quite a while. So I don't think we could expect that to continue, but they signed him for a two year deal, two year extension. Um, I think he's perfect really for this team. That's going to be growing around him. I think he is a leader in the clubhouse. He is, as you mentioned, a, a, versatile and effective defensive player he's been playing first base most most of the year spelling uh cabrera at, when he's DHing or out um 
so yeah, I, I don't love it, obviously, but I, I don't think I don't think this means it was a mistake to sign him to a two year deal. I think I think he still fits in the fits in the team perfectly. I don't expect him to hit 30 home runs a year. I don't think anyone did um, going going into that. So it, it's yeah, like I said, it's a good question. Um, I don't but I'm not going to say I, I regret that they signed him. I think I think it's I think it's going to work out pretty yeah, much cool. how, how everyone expected, but. Just I like curious. Yeah, just I got to. I like that you're keeping the asshole segment alive. So, got to do this. Well, I'm done with the Tigers, so I think we should jump into your newly crowned 2001, 2021 San Francisco Giants uh, Major League A holes regular season champions. Next question. The next question, because it was stupid. He hits it high. He hits it deep. It is out of here. Sorry, uh, Papa's feeling pretty uh, delicious right now. Gonna step into the box, go three for four, eight RBIs. Gahim. Which is what we said at the beginning of the season. They were gonna, you know, just <laughs> dominate the MLB. Oh wait, no, we didn't. No, we did I think not. I canceled them in at like 70 some wins 75 maybe Ooh. yeah we'll go back next week it's gonna be kind of a slow week of baseball coming up because everyone's kind of clinched or our, at least our teams have clinched or they're way out of it so uh we're gonna go- take a look back at our predictions at the beginning of the season see how close we were uh we can do our season end awards and all that shit next week so but yeah, the, the giant, I think we both, I think the whole world, not just us, uh, kind of swung and miss on the Giants predictions oh, yeah. for this year. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the Giants swing and miss is very reminiscent of the White Sox swing and miss in 2005, where they, mm. were, picked to, they were picked to win like 70 games or something like that, 72 games by everybody, like right in that range. So, um, but speaking of the Giants, uh, they are they are knocking on the door of the century mark, which they most likely will get today as they play the Colorado Rockies. 99 wins um, as of today. As of today, they maintain a one-game lead on the Dodgers with nine to play. So I wanted... Someone's going to win 100 is, games and not win that division. That That's, yeah. that's fucking crazy. And, and win the wild card by like 16 games. Yeah. Like the first, the first seed of the wild card. Um, so there's nine to play for both teams. Here's, here's how it, here's how it maps out. I think the giants overall win the draw on this one. Cause they get Rockies, Diamondbacks, Padres, the Dodgers get Diamondbacks, Padres, but then they get the Brewers mm. in the last three games of the season. Now, the reason this gets more interesting for the Brewers is because Smitty's favorite team, the Cardinals, have yeah. won 12 games in a row, including first time sweep, since 1982, and... including a sweep of the Brewers, and they roll in to the friendly confines this weekend with a yeah. doubleheader to start to start the weekend off today, and the the Brewers have not yet cl- now it's a seven and a half game lead so uh the Brewers are gonna really have to implode to not yeah I wouldn't worry about that uh, win that division but y- stranger things have happened in baseball and and it's it's a it's a magic number of three to eliminate the Cardinals of so the Brewers 
no matter what the Cardinals do, the Brewers just have to win three more times in the in the final nine games of the season for them. But the Brewers might have to like play really play for that Dodger series still. So that could really aid uh, aid the Giants um, in in the upcoming series. I think you know the Giants. I feel like obviously who's ever wins that division is going to be like a buy a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Padres are completely lost. They're not yeah, even we're, going to make the playoffs, which we'll we get, will get. Yeah, we're going to get to the, the Padres and shit you couldn't make up. But yeah, that's but, a uh, scenario. But because I'm a professional, uh, after uh, talking about the Giants, I knew what we were going into next. But the Cubs have the ability to really play major spoilers as the Cardinals even have like a four and a half game lead on the wild card spot right now. I think they have the potential. They I'll disagree in that they have the ability to do that. Oh, um, did, did I say the ability? Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. You're right. Kurt, I knew what you meant. The record. I'll tell you one fucking thing. I hope we get fucking hotter than shit just to stuff it up them 3,000 fucking people that show up every fucking day. Who stings? And another thing I'm going to say. I've won over 1,800 games in the manager, and I'm not a damn dumb. 85% of the fucking world's working. The other 15 come out here. I know what the big deal about Cracker Jack is. Yes, I know what you meant, the but... potential. Yeah, I, I don't see much coming out of the Cubs uh, for the rest of this year. Um, in fact, I didn't even speak of the Cubs on last our last episode. Um, I mean, I wasn't really to gonna about. ask. I was gonna really ask you if they were still playing baseball. Yeah, but uh, then I was... saw Patrick Wisdom is in the record books. Yeah, what did he pass Chris Bryant for the rookie home run record? Yeah, in a way shorter amount of time. Well, I mean, a 30 year old, we talked about this a few episodes ago. I, yeah, 30 year old rookie is kind of a misnomer. So, congratulations to Patrick Wisdom. Um, I do want to talk about one thing that it came up a lot last week, and it's prospect Brennan Davis has had a lot of headlines uh, in the last week or so because he's been called up from double A to triple A. Um, Mainly, that's a procedural thing uh, to get him some more at bats. The Double A season ended uh, last week, and the the Triple A season is continuing on to the end of September. So, it's just a way to get him more at bats. But of course, lazy journalists and I don't know, ignorant fans um, looked at that as, oh, he got promoted to Triple A, and he he's just he's tearing it up, and he needs to be continued to be promoted. In fact, a lot of people are talking about. You know, he just got moved up to AAA. Why not move him to the majors for this last two weeks? And he so so we can see what what he what he is. And it, I feel like that is such a naive and selfish thing for any fan or journalist to say because he's not ready for the major leagues. Um, he just got called up, and like I said, it was a procedural reason that he even got called up to to AAA. So let, let's let's slow our rolls a little bit on Brendan Davis. He is a top 20 major league prospect. You know, there's, there's reason to be excited about it. He's not, he's not a, the, I, I guess I don't want to, you know, rain on everyone's parade. He, he's a, he's a solid prospect, but the way people are treating him or in talking about him already is like, he's the next Chris Bryant. And I'm sorry, guys, he's not Chris Bryant. There's one Chris Bryant there. Are, that's a generational talent that comes through, the major leagues, you know, once a generation, uh, 
he, you know, like I said, he's a top 20 prospect. He had a great futures game during the all-star break. He had two home runs and that and made the headlines there. But the expectations people are putting on, on Brennan Davis already are really unfair and unrealistic. Um, everyone has a top prospect in their, in their system, but they're not always a generational talent. So, uh, I've heard, you know, people are even starting to talk about his potential service time issues next year. Like they want him called up immediately and they're already ripping on the Cubs for potentially not calling him up on the opening day roster. It's like, we, we slow the fuck down. Like you don't need to worry about these things. I didn't, I'm not even sure he'll be in the majors at any point next year. Um, we don't need to rush this fast. I, I think Cubs fans are just desperate and journalists are desperate for something to talk about with the Cubs because uh, there's very little other than you, you brought up the Patrick wisdom little tidbit. So I appreciate that. But um, I guess the danger and the reason I wanted to bring this up because is because putting unfair expectations on, on this guy that uh, you're just going to be let down. It might, it might even start to affect him. It's just, it's silly. So let's just, let's just calm down. Everyone calm down. Brennan Davis is going to be up at some point. Don't need to be worried about service time or we're going to ruin his, his relationship with the Cubs seven years from now. Um, <laughs> we don't, we don't even know what the collective bargaining agreement is going to be. Um, so yeah, let's just calm down. All right. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, I think uh, after that, I just want to have one quick segment about my fucking A's. I mean, he's the kind of guy who walks into a room, his dick has already been there for two minutes. Today, I'm the greatest of all time. Thank you. Holy Toledo! I'm just saying, girlfriend is a six at best. Fucking A. I do want to mention, uh, yeah, they are kind of tailing off. They've lost their position in the wild card. They're now four, game, four games back. Um, now they're behind both Toronto and Seattle in the wild card race for that second wild card. Um, so it's looking bleak at best. But one, one positive note happened yesterday as starting pitcher Chris Bassett returned to the mound after the White Sox tried to bash his face in uh, about that was, a, month, that a month or so ago. That's he, good news. He triumphantly returned. Uh, he had a post on Twitter that showed some gruesome photos of him in the hospital right after the incident occurred as his face was smashed, uh, swollen eye, uh, blood all over his face, uh, pretty nasty stuff. But he posted that and wrote, uh, on a, he, he questioned, why am I coming back? And he wrote, <laughs> because I wear the green and gold and a lot of football rah-rah kind of stuff. He mentioned, uh, we don't make excuses. We get, we just get our asses to work. And he went out and pitched three innings, um, three innings, scoreless ball, got, uh, only gave up a hit and a walk and got four strikeouts. So the team leader that Chris Bassett is, and he's been a really good pitcher all year. It's unfortunate what happened. I think there's no coincidence that the, the A's uh, season kind of tailed off after he was out. Um, it's great to see him back. Uh, the warrior that he is, uh, he's not going to help the A's. He's not going to help my fantasy team <laughs> this year as he was. Um, a, an unfortunate incident, obviously, that he's turning into a positive. And it's good to see that he's, he's back so quickly. So fucking A. 
Um, I think with that, we should take a break. We've been yeah. rambling on here about our teams. We'll come right back with a lot of shit we couldn't make up. And of course, our asshole of the week. So we'll be right back on the Wordhole Media Network. Wordhole Media. Get your mouth shut. Get your mouth shut. Jerk. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. If worms had machine guns, then birds wouldn't be scared of them. The Limpidus Podcast. Just a couple of Chicago pricks united by our hatred of the University of Michigan football and the Chicago Bears. Find us at limpidus.com and anywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, we've got tons of shit you couldn't make up this week. Uh, it's a crazy well, Smitty week. has tons of shit you couldn't make up. Oh, you guys like to tell jokes and giggle and kid around, huh? What have we got here? A fucking comedian. <laughs> <laughs> For a sturkey cemetery. Come on to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Well, I think you'll you'll agree. Um, I want to start with Salvador Perez. And we, we mentioned him briefly the, last week. The home run leader? Yeah, the the current home run major league home run leader. The uh, he just set the record for home runs by a catcher in a season. Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench had to call him up and congratulate Salvador Perez on passing his forty five home runs. Um, Historic, historic shit we're seeing from Salvador. Um, Very peculiar, I guess is is how I would say it. I I don't think anyone had. You know, he's always been a solid catcher. Um, he's a tremendous defensive catcher, definitely a team leader, um, a World Series champ. I don't think I just I know most of these players through fantasy, and I never I never considered this year at least Sal as a as a catcher uh, among the top ten even going into this season, you know, with, with home runs or production that you, you worry about for fantasy. And all of a sudden he is the greatest, he's having the greatest season by a catcher ever. And, um, yeah, he had he, his highest years, 27 homers. Yeah. That, that was the thing I was going to bring up. He's already beaten his previous high of homers by 19. He's basically doubled his, his career high in homers, which is insane. So I guess it's cool. It's fun to celebrate. Everybody loves the guy. I think he's, 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 uh, there's, I have no complaints about it. I think everybody, all the stories I've heard about him is he's awesome. Uh, whether he's producing behind the plate or not, he's, he's an incredible defensive catcher. He's a team leader, uh, fun guy. But I just remember you watch, I'm a history buff and you watch documentaries and uh, of course, Ken Burns baseball is my, probably my favorite of all time. He did the 10th inning, couple of years ago to cover the steroid era and you and you've seen journalists talk about this and other things looking back at the steroids era and everyone and even fans think you know we were all just loving it and enjoyed it at the time but should we have turned a more critical eye how could we not have seen this you know a lot of journalists said they weren't doing their jobs retrospectively that they, you know they they just right. overlooked what was obvious to everybody in front in front of our faces cuz it was just so much damn fun watching everyone hit home runs and and seeing baseball come back from the from the strike of 94 and how that 
such a down time and how it started, how steroids played an integral role in getting baseball back. And I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying this Salvador Perez thing is bizarre. The numbers he's put up this year, it's a fucking blast, but this is bizarre. The kind of numbers he's putting up out of the blue. So I it just, I think, I think my new catchphrase now, and I think I had, had it last week. I forget what I was talking about, but I'm raising an eyebrow. <laughs> this seems, it seems a little peculiar. Um, I hope it's all on the up and up, but I'm, I'm thinking there's a potential that we're going to hear. There's more to this story in years to come. So I don't know if you, if you have the same cynicism as I do, maybe I'm just a cynical fuck and I should get yeah, over, I mean, over it, but it, it's, it's a little weird. odd that it's happening now. Mm-hmm. What was he? Well, he's what, 28? He is 31 years old. Oh, 31. Okay, so it would that be, makes it even, that makes it, 28 would make sense. It would make more sense. 31 does, yeah. doesn't make sense. 31 yeah, so, makes even less sense for a catcher, which traditionally yes. after the age of 30, catchers, yeah. catcher's production well, drops precipitously. He, so Yeah, he fell into some weird Fisk stat too, because Fisk in like one of his final years, with the White Sox, it's something crazy like 35 homers or some mm-hmm. shit. Like he was, he was, he was like the only catcher to ever do that in it like advanced age or something yeah. like that. But what he's doing um, is even blowing what blowing that out of the water. So. Oh, yeah. He's he's destroying it. Um and the way he swings and misses, it almost doesn't add up. Like this guy chases just complete shit all well, the time. I've heard they've that he said he's changed his approach this year, and he's which obviously he has. He is swinging for the fences all the time, um, so that 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 explains the swing and miss. But you know, how did he not think of this before? <laughs> if he was if he had forty six home run potential that no one in the history of baseball has had at the catcher's position, how did no one think of this before? You know, oh, I'll just swing it every, go for the fences on everything. Well. That may yeah, have been tried I by mean, many people over the years, and it's never worked to this effect. So, this historic well, he's, he's, effect. Yeah, and he's a nor he's a historic uh, pitch chaser. I mean, the most he's ever walked in a season is twenty is twenty six times this year, but prior to that was twenty two times. Mm-hmm. He consistently has near a hundred or more strikeouts. You know, every season he's at one hundred and fifty eight this year. But I bet his BABIP is probably crazy. Yeah. It must be crazy to have put up 115 RBIs and 46 home runs with with so little walks and so many strikeouts. I mean it it's peculiar. I'm gonna I think we should just leave it at it. It's peculiar. There's a reason I'm raising my eyebrow. Yeah, uh, it it just doesn't add up. Yeah. It, it, when when you when his two best years were 27 home runs in his prime. That's when his prime was. So that's yep. that's you you would we would imagine if he had 27 home runs this year, even if he hit like 30 or 31, I'd be like, whatever, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, we've never seen this before. I just I want to say it in the moment, uh, even though it makes me look like a cynical asshole, which I'm more than happy to do. Um, it's just I think we gotta take a close look at this and history may be may not be as kind to Salvador Perez as we are being kind to him right now. So We'll leave it at that, but more shit you couldn't make up uh, happened in the San Diego Padres dugout this week. And really shit you couldn't make up is what has happened to the San Diego Padres this whole season. But I'm doing Machado right now. Yeah, I think um, 
I think the tensions of a lost a, you know, a season that is going down the drains right now for a, a team that looked like they could be the best in baseball. In fact, I predicted that the San Diego Padres would be a seven game winner of the of the NL West over the both the Dodgers and the Giants. Uh, I think that was a little a little bit of hubris there, but um, they were definitely a contender and they are their playoff chances are now teetering on the edge and you can see those tensions boiling over in their dugout this week when Manny Machado went after Fernando Tatis Jr. after uh, getting kicked out of the game on a arguing balls and strikes. Um, you can hear Machado just screaming. It's not fucking about you. It's not fucking about you. Uh, they, the, the idea was that he needed to stay in the game because they need to win these games and he can't be getting kicked out of games at this point. So exactly. Um, and they actually came out um, this week uh, later this week and said both of them together, like explaining what happens, like, you know, that was, it was over the top. It shouldn't have happened, but it just shows how passionate we are. And really it shows how they're freaking out, how they're, they're losing it, but it does show that they're trying. Those are both 300 plus million dollar athletes that might not really need to care if they make the playoffs or not. Uh, but to see, to see that they are that passionate about it, I think is, is kind of cool in a way, but it was just a bizarre, bizarre scene in the, in the dugout where you can see two star athletes going at each other like that. Um, Apparently it's all water under the, under the bridge now. Um, they, they came out and said exactly what it was. They didn't try to mince words. They didn't try to make up stories, much like the New York Mets have done. There was no excuses of a raccoon versus a rat argument or other weird things. So I kind of respect the Machado and Tatis for coming out and just mea culpa uh, explaining what happened. But it was just a bizarre scene for a bizarre season. So that was some shit I couldn't make up. Yeah, they're 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 on the brink of playoff elimination. They got five five games left, yep. so they're eliminated from the wild card. Yeah, crazy times. But I think the the shit we couldn't make up of the year happened this week uh, in Toronto, as the Tampa Bay Rays were playing the Blue Jays and. Um, there was a collision at the plate between Kevin Kiermeyer and Alejandro Kirk, uh, where Kirk uh, Kiermeyer was actually called out at the plate, and Kirk uh, got up and you know got out of the, it was an inning inning ending play at the plate, and uh, Kiermeyer was laying at home plate, kind of sulking in his being called out. Maybe it, was, it wasn't a violent collision, but it was there was a bit of a collision there enough to dislodge the player scouting list that the catcher, every catcher now carries on him in his wristband or wherever they happen to have it. They happened to fall out in this melee and Alejandro Kirk did not notice that got up and ran to the dugout. Kevin Kiermeyer did notice it as it was laying basically in his lap, uh, quietly grabbed it and ran to the dugout <laughs> and these lists are basically the scouting report are basically how you, how they plan to pitch each of the Rays hitters. So it's some valuable uh, contraband really um, just kind of bizarre that uh, Kiermaier picked it up and took it back with him to the dugout where it gets really bizarre is 
Kirk, you know, obviously realized pretty quickly that he didn't have his scout sheet with him. And the Blue Jays sent their bat boy to the opposing dugout to retrieve this this uh, piece of espionage, essentially, and which I thought was kind of a strange move for such a valuable thing to just send your you know, 12-year-old bat boy over there. Hey, can you give me back that piece of paper? The the Rays refused to give the pay, give the, the information back, which was kind of bizarre on into it in and of itself. Uh, apparently, this really irritated and upset the upset the the Blue Jays to the point where there there's a lot of consternation. They finally there's a lot of post game back and forth. They did eventually get their get their sheet back, but the rays could have photocopied it or whatever gotten all the information from the from the blue jays that they wanted but it got to the point where the next game kevin kiermeyer was plunked on the first pitch and that might be the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard in my life that you threaten someone's life with a baseball you know mind you it wasn't a 100 mile an hour fastball at his head but it was still a projectile at another human being because he picked up a piece of paper that you left on the fucking ground. Um, it's just it's just a bizarre baseball incident. It's a symptom of where we are today with scouting reports and that catchers, it's so complex that catchers can't even remember this shit. They have to write it down and keep it with them. But I think they need to figure out a way to keep it more securely on their person and not have these situations arise. But in every level of how this was was. Uh, handled by both clubs was so immature and so ridiculous to the point where someone was hit by a baseball over that I, I really could have made them assholes of the week but we have an even better one for that so i don't know did you see anything about that, that i I did, I did not i did not see any of that oh um, wow my, my my question is did uh did the umps immediately warn the benches after the initial plunking yeah i didn't see anything that there there was a benches clearing um incident after he was hit that it was the most half-assed benches clearing ever i think i think the incident is basically over with now because nobody was upset when they came out they they really it was the half-assed benches clearing most half-assed thing you've ever seen because everyone i think was kind of embarrassed about the situation but they you know you're obliged to go out on the field when your teammates do and it's just like what are we doing out here? The, the only person that was really, really? Pissed off was the, was still the uh, Toronto's pitching coach. Cause it was all his information that was stolen. So he was freaking out on the field, but for a coach to be instigating these things is, is ridiculous. So I think, I think the incident is, is over and behind us, but it will live in infamy as we <laughs> talked about it. Uh, just stupid. Um, it's the craziest thing is it's between two playoff contenders. Um, so they shouldn't be fucking around with stupid shit like this that could potentially lead to, you know, suspensions or injuries or whatever. So I right, think, I think I'm hoping cooler heads prevail and they get they get beyond this. But unreal. Only this shit could only happen in baseball, and this kind of reaction is so typically childish of of baseball players. It's hilarious. So shit, I couldn't make up for sure. Well, with that, I think this brings us to asshole of the week. What is your problem, you insensitive asshole? Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Who the fuck is this asshole? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then. (laughs) You 
ready? I am ready. Well, this is one a little bit outside of baseball, but it's it became a part of baseball this week on the north side of Chicago as the Cubs are want to bring celebrity first pitch throwers and celebrity uh, singers of the seventh inning stretch uh, to hawk their wares, um, whatever it may be. You see actors plugging their new movie. Uh, you see singers, artists uh, plugging their new albums, uh, using the booth at Wrigley Field, using Cubs games as a commercial opportunity. Um, and that's you kind of that's been going on for decades now. Um, you get used to it and it's fine, but. It went. It took a different. It went to a different level. I think this week on a, on a lot of levels when the Cubs invited UFC mixed martial arts star Conor McGregor to Wrigley Field to throw out the first pitch to sing the seventh inning stretch and to hawk his shitty whiskey brand that I won't even I mean, mention. It, yeah, it's just complete shit. You've I tried mean, it. I've I've heard horrible oh God, things about it. It it, it 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 it's it's, it's terrible. Well. Are you... It's like rubbing. It's 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 brown rubbing alcohol. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. No one should be surprised that it's shit whiskey. But so I know you're a whiskey fan. Are you a UFC fan at all? Do you do you pay attention? To uh, UFC, you, know? you know who Conor McGregor know, casually, is. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I've watched a few of his fights. Okay, and, hold on. And I've watched the more recent ones where he seems to continually fail. So yeah, he's he's definitely on the downturn of his career, but. He has made a spectacle of himself. That's basically his, his entire career. He he had a he was the the scariest uh, MMA fighter in the world for a time, and that that's now declining. Um, but he he was invited to Wrigley Field to throw out the first pitch, which is the first layer of this asshole of the week. Probably the amongst it's already being compared to the, amongst the worst first pitch throws in history yes uh 50 cent is up there in in new york he had a bad one i think uh, mariah carey had one that went a foot uh that's that's in the top five there's plenty you got, of them. You baba booey had, had, terrible... had a terrible one at the mets game yeah. yeah a lot of these are at mets games of course but this is this was at uh <laughs> of course they are wrigley field in a very tightly clad uh McCon- Connor McGregor in his really tight blue plaid suit. Uh, the yes. tight- tightness of the suit may have led to his inaccuracy. I'm not uh, sure. It may be. It's, never- it's the wounded leg, I heard. Okay. Well, he's also he's probably only never, throw- yeah. never picked he's up only a baseball in his one- life. He's only throwing off one leg, Smitty. Okay. That's what no. he's only throwing off one leg. It, whatever. I mean, people have bad first pitches. It's funny, but that that's fine. But it just adds to the layers of asshole in this. Um, he got to the seventh inning and sang the seventh inning stretch, which I'm not sure if he's ever heard it before. He knew the words. He didn't know the tune. But that's that's a, almost getting compared to uh, Mike Ditka's rendition of the worst Best ever. Yeah, the worst ever seventh inning stretch uh whatever these are all funny i think it's the best ever but anyway. <laughs> yeah. these are all funny things it's it's funny to put them in combination the, the where it gets to the asshole level when you add these all together with it's just a pure publicity stunt for for mcgregor he may have purposely thrown a terrible first pitch to get people to talk about this he wore a ridiculous outfit to get people to talk about him and his whiskey brand he's saying a terrible seventh inning stretch to get people to talk about him and his whiskey brand what isn't being talked about enough is this dude has been accused of assault 
multiple times. He has multiple assault charges, including multiple sexual assault charges in multiple countries. Uh, this guy is a piece of shit that I am embarrassed that the Cubs would be involved with on any level to let him uh, use their use Wrigley Field and the Cubs game as a platform to to promote this fucker. Um, it's gross. So, you know, I started out, this is, I'm making Conor McGregor asshole of the week just because he's lived a life as an asshole. Um, but really, I, I'm going to make the Cubs asshole of the week as well. Co-assholes of the week for for allowing him to to sully, <laughs> to sully the, the friendly confines with his presence and to and literally to be pr promoting him, his brand, his life, his lifestyle, his horrible choices, his horrible actions. Um, I don't, I don't ever want to see that shit ever again at Wrigley Field. And it, it, it's a disturbing trend. Um, it's gross. It's, it, it's almost perfect punctuation to a, a horrific Cubs season 2021 where they used money as an excuse to dump, dump a season, essentially. Their, their monetary concerns forced them to trade you Darvish for pennies on the dollar. Well, now they are trying to recoup that by selling out to pieces of shit like Conor McGregor and letting him uh, put his face all over Wrigley Field and Cubs games. So I think it's 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 not ironic. It's it's a perfect punctuation. It's 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 in character for what 2021 has been for the Chicago Cubs. So fuck Conor McGregor. Fuck the Cubs this week for letting him letting him do this for so they could make some money off of it somehow. Fuck everyone. You you are all assholes. Wow. Everyone. I want scorched earth right there. You are. I mean, you shouldn't be surprised at the Cubs. They brought in high character players like Aroldis Chapman. And well, I feel like, of it's, course. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like it's, it's escalating though. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting fed up with it. Um, but you know, Aroldis Chapman helped them win a world series, which is the whole reason I watch baseball is to win world series. And I, I, lots of people have been justified for their actions and that, but, I'm not here. I'm not interested in baseball for the Cubs to make money. <laughs> I don't. I don't care if they make money or not. I want to, uh, whatever money they make, I want to go back onto the field and produce a winner. I want them to win games and win championships. But you know, money is a means to that. But for that, for them to stoop to the levels where they have to encourage pieces of shit like Conor McGregor onto their field is, it's going. It's going too far, and it, it's everything that's happened this year is, is led to this moment and it's, and it's pissing me off and they need to, they need to figure out what, what their, what their values and what their priorities really are. Wow. Whoa. So <laughs> with that, that note, I, yeah, I think we need to wrap this up. I, I gotta, I gotta go get a drink or something. Get you're some red in your face. I'm angry. Can you tell? Yeah, I can. Uh, so Unless you have any shit Pete forgot or anything else you no. want to bring up, I think we'll wrap this one up. Uh, you can catch us on social media at Major League Holes. You can find our website where I repost all these little segments and videos at MajorLeagueAholes.com. You can catch this podcast anywhere you'd like to find a podcast. So do it. Rate, subscribe, review. With that, I'm going to declare this podcast is over. Peace. Peace. Yeah! Jesus fucking Christ, it's about time. S-S-H-O-L-E, uh. everybody, hey. S-S-H-O-L-E.
asshole, and I'm proud of it. Word Hole Media.